Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Gompies, and welcome to 100% Hits. Volume Pod, the podcast that looks at the greatest CD compilation this country has ever produced, 100% Hits compilation series. My name is Josh Hale, and today, joining me for the very first time on a pod I've ever had. I, you didn't come on the last one, did you? No, I think so. No, no, no definitely. Anyway, please welcome. It's Hunter Smith, everyone. Yay. Yay. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this. Now, I, I, I asked you because you were tweeting about 90s pop music. Yeah. Happy birthday, Helen. My favourite my favorite band as a kid. Was it really? Yeah. Can I tell you how I know about it? Yes. I used to work at Colorado. Do you remember that store? Was that like a, a Kathmandu kind of thing? Yeah, overly priced flannel. A bit yeah. more fashion than Kathmandu. I worked down at um, Colorado Fountain Gate for like nearly 10 years and you had to listen to the um, corporately mandated CDs. Yep. So they had like a lot of CDs on one track, like 60, um, but there was no – you couldn't skip it. Sorry, let me start it. You couldn't go backwards. You can only go forwards, right? And yep. so I got into the habit of just skipping through all the songs. And then one day I was sitting there and I said to my colleague, I said, this song, it sounds like they're singing Happy Birthday to someone called Helen. Yeah. And I've been, I've been into it ever since. So I Googled it way back then to yeah. find out who Helen was. They're now married. Yeah, and did you see, did you read that article that I was tweeting? That she's gone on, Helen, I'm going to butcher this, but Helen has gone on to be like the head of international policy at the Red Cross yes. and been living in Geneva. Yep. But she's just retired, so they might be back in town. So. And Greg Arnold, is a, he has a, like a master's in songwriting mm-hmm. and he was teaching at one of the unis in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had, I, I, I love The Yearning. That was their, their first album. Mm-hmm. And such a weird thing to love as a 12-year-old boy. He's <laughs> got some, some folk pop. Um, and I, I met him and he realised I was a big fan when I was saying songs that were only on there live at the SBCD that they only made like <laughs> 500 copies. What were they called? I've forgotten. Things Stone. of Stone and Wood. Things of Stone and Wood. That very highfalutin name too. And I read that he's been captaining, captaining the Geneva AFL team while they're yeah. over there. See, my... my Cousin lived in Hong Kong for a bit and he played in the expat football league over there. Mm. But he was very good because he got drafted to play for the Fremantle Dockers Mm. and then did his knee in his first practice game, recovered like a year of like rehab, then next game did his other knee, had to rehab again. Mm. While he was rehabbing, they paid for him to go to uni. So he got like a degree in business. He opened up the first AFL store in WA which was also he opened up a month before the Eagles won the grand final for the first time. Right, good time. So he just made like a million dollars. And then like, where did you say they were living? So then they got a job. They were working for Cricket Australia mm. and then they were also working for someone else, but they were based in Hong Kong. This is a charmed man. Yeah. Except for the knees. Oh, he, yeah. But he, when, when I went and stayed with him, he used to live in Sydney in Bondi and his flatmate was a guy who wrote for like a surf magazine and he was the music reviewer for the surf magazine <laughs> and the other one worked for Rugby Australia and just go around schools with rugby players 
going, yep, here's some rugby balls. <laughs> and uh, Here's some rugby. And it was like all three of you are living like a childhood dream of like yeah, yeah, living made in up God. jobs. They had like a skiing machine like in their lounge room <laughs> and they had like a buck hunter. What's that, like a tread? Oh, like an arcade game, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was like this thing of going, oh, this is insane that people are going to do this. We're not talking about that. We're talking about pop music. So. Did you have any of the 100% Hits compilations? I didn't. I uh, I think my first ever CD was a Hit Machine. Yep. Hit Machine 10. We've done that one, yes. And that inspired me to immediately go and buy the Real McCoy <laughs> album. So I think the Real McCoy was my first studio album. Yep. Um, and then I was a So Fresh girly after that. Well, Hit Machine turned into So Fresh. Oh, did it? I've discovered, yes. Really? Uh, officially? Officially. Just, yeah, no, officially, right. yeah. Same, same company. Hit Machine were a lot more on the Eurodance side. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That, that Hit Machine team was very, yeah, very Eurodance. Yeah. Are you into, you're still into pop music now? Yeah, I'm really into pop music. Embarrassingly so, really. Who, who's your favourite? God, you know, I don't really have a favourite. Who am I listening it's to? It's a weird thing to ask someone who's in their 30s, who's your favourite pop singer? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't have, you know, um, a lot of people, particularly gays, have like a, um, almost like their star sign yeah. pop star. You know what I mean? I don't really have one of them. I did love Kylie a lot back in the day. But who, like just on the way here I've been listening to Casey Musgraves. Do you know her? The country singer. Yeah, she's a bit country. I like her. You're getting older. That's what happens. Yeah, that's right. I'm ageing out. Start of the lockdown I got really into country music. Mm. Yeah. Casey Musgraves was in one of them. Yeah, she's great. Although yeah. the last album really dropped off. Well, there's a few of them who, like Jason Isbell is another one, mm. country singer, very sad. And then I was really excited for his last album. And I was like, oh, you're not sad. Yeah, you're too a bit disappointing. Successful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no good. All right, we're going to move. We're going to kick this off. So this is volume 24, side B. So this is the year is 1998. Oh, I wonder what year it was. How old were you in 98? Uh, 11. 11. So perfect for pop music. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I was 17, so I was kind of ageing out of these things. Mm-hmm. All right, we're starting with a man, he, his uh, parents call him James Smith, mm-hmm. which is the most boring name of all time. Mm-hmm. Steady on. As well, a Smith, that's... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm right here. Hunter's a better name than James. Yeah, it's and, not a real name. Though. I spiced it up. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> well... Just like James. Well... He he goes by LL Cool J, which is short for Ladies Love Cool James. <laughs> is it really? That's really That's is. what I should have gone yeah. with, LL Smith. This is Phenomenon. Here we go. That's a classic sound, isn't it? It is a really good sound. Phenomenon, I'm glad I got that right. I was worried I was going to fuck that up. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the Mal Walden oh. clip where he can't say Phenomenon? <laughs> Mel Walden, that's yeah. a deep cut. No, <laughs> For those outside of Melbourne, Channel 10 Newsreader, and there's a good blooper of him saying, Phenomena, oh, I hate that word. <laughs> well, he struggled with this song because when we hit the chorus, he spits out Phenomenon, phenomenon a million times. Yeah. Come on, LL, get to this chorus. Here we go. It's the Mel Walden era. All right, and it goes on. Okay. What do you think of that one? I didn't mind it. I like it too. It didn't ring huge bells for me, but I got into it. Well, I thought this was one of his bigger hits. Mm. 
But it, it's not. So this is from his seventh album, also called Phenomenon. Oh, when I hit the Spotify page, it was it was one of the one of the five, I think. Yeah, but it. I, I'll go through where it, where it like uh, got in the chart. So it's produced by uh, Puff Puffy Combs, mm, mm. Puff Daddy. Uh, we're going to hear a lot about him over the next ten episodes too. He, he's ninety eight was his year. Uh, <laughs> the lyrics have been lifted by the Melly Mel song "White Lines Don't Do It." This was the first single, and it only got to fifty five in the states. Oh, really? Yeah, and he was a huge star. LL Cool J was yeah. big in ninety eight. Got to twenty nine here. Got to nine in the UK, but in the UK they released it with uh, a double A side. Mama said, "Knock you out." Mm-hmm. which was from a few years earlier. Mm-hmm. They went, let's just put it out. And so I think that may have shifted some units. Mm-hmm. He was getting into acting at this stage of his career. So he had his own sitcom called uh, In the House. Did he? Have you seen that? No. Four seasons though. Four seasons? Not Four. bad. And this is what the plot was. So he played an ex-NFL player who was in financial ruin, so had to rent part of his house out to a single mother and her two children. Genius. Hilarity in shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much. Genius. Uh, hang with Mr. Cooper, but mm. instead of basketball, it's football. And that was the 90s too, so four seasons, but they would have done like 52 episodes a season probably. Yeah. Gee, I bet they had some fun. 52 episodes, I reckon four storylines. Yeah. <laughs> and repeat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also... Uh, was in NCIS. Yes. There you go, that's but my before, main point. Before that he was in Any Given Sunday. Have you seen Oliver Stone mm, film? Football movie? Jamie Foxx, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I haven't seen it. Uh, so I read about that. Because it's it's that's a fine film, even if you don't like football. It's it's got enough drama in it. It's a bit like Succession. It's the daughter mm-hmm. trying to take over the the um actual or the daughter has just taken over the the um, club. Anyway, so Jamie Foxx and his character get in a fight, and apparently, according to IMDb, mm-hmm. it was a real fist fight. Really? They said beforehand, let's just actually fight. Did you reckon they hated each other? Or no, I think they were like, let's get the we're we're being directed by Oliver Stone. Let's be right, real let's method real actors, acting. and I hate that kind of shit. It's like just block That would be a flawed concept though because one of you would be scripted to lose. So it would be hard to really get into it and then also not get into it, you know. Although a good excuse if you did lose. Yeah. Uh, So you're right. In 2009 he joined NCIS Los Angeles. Has he been there ever since? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's a spinoff of NCIS, Mm -hmm. which I didn't know this until yesterday, was a spinoff of JAG. What? Yeah. Jag, Jag. Wasn't that an air like an air force drama? Yeah. So it was like Judge Attorney General. I think that's what ja- Jag stands really? for. There was also another retail brand also within the Colorado group. Do you remember Jag? <laughs> I do remember Jag. Yeah, they're also they're all gone to God now. But yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I didn't know. I, I thought Jag was like done, and then NCIS was its own thing. Yeah. No. Maybe maybe they maybe they one of the Jags left and moved to LA. Yeah. You know they do that. Um. They're doing an NCIS Sydney. Are they? Yeah. Who, so maybe old mate's going to come to, well, LL Cool J, hopefully. It's going to be Shane Jacobson, I bet. It's going to yeah. be fucking <laughs> Kenny, Kenny doing it. Kenny with the glasses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> LL Cool J, though, pops up mostly these days whenever anyone is bored on Twitter and they're like, let's get some likes, get some heat, mm. and they post that fucking lip sync battle of Tom Holland doing Rihanna. Oh, yeah. Is that hosts, even that? You're he so hosts, right. Yeah. Um, I spent... A long time thinking that the so the Tom Holland's there and he's competing against Zendaya. I yep. think I thought that was Chrissy Teigen for about five years. <laughs> I didn't know Zendaya because I don't watch Euphoria. Oh, that's good. Euphoria's good. I, it's, I, it's weird. I don't want to watch teenagers have yeah. sex. That's a weird. Yeah, thing. yeah, 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 yeah. How but old I, are your kids? Are they teen? They're not teenagers. 11, yet. 11 and eight. Close enough that you don't want to picture teenagers. No, yeah. and then. Uh, 
I only knew Zendaya from Spider-Man mm. with Tom Holland, but in the first one that she's in, very small role. Mm. But everyone's like, oh, she's amazing. And I'm like, she's like a bit player. Like, yeah, but because everyone loved her. Well, I also don't know outside of you for her, actually, but she does. They're from, she's a Disney name, I think. Oh, okay. I think so, initially. Well, that's why I didn't realise Selena Gomez was so huge. She's got like 412 million Instagram followers. Yeah, yeah. Some people, I don't know how to articulate this, some people who are famous in Australia are like more America famous. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like some people are equally famous in both places. Oh, that's nonsensical. I'm sounding stupid. All right, that's good. Let's let's move on. A song I'd never heard before, never really knew much about him, or I didn't know anything about him to be honest. I did When I did research I did know one of his bands he was in. But this is Jimmy Somerville. This is kind of like a comeback for him. It's mm-hmm. called Dark Sky. Here we go. to imagine on 1019 the fox i know it's 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 pop music for adults yeah did it did you know it at all no never heard this song before here we go head to the party it feels really well i can't play it too much more that's good but uh I, I listened to it the first time while I was, like, doing the research, so I wasn't really paying attention to it at all. Mm. And I had to double-check when I'm like, oh, have they missed the Jimmy Somerville song? Because it, to me, first listen, mm. didn't think it was a male voice. Yeah, I'll pay that. Yeah, absolutely. Do, have you learned in your research, not to diss Mr Somerville, but have you learned in your research doing this show what how they decided what songs go on the album? No. I would love... It's not just like the chart, is no, it? It's no, not. it's not. It's obviously who's signed to the label and they're like, all right, let's get some songs. We've got to shift some units. So yeah. they have some big songs there, some big like ones that went to number one and others are like, let's put this on and see what happens. So you think the, lab- the label's probably lob- lobbied to get on there because it would have been big promo, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I, I would... I mean, I bought the Real McCoy album, so it worked. The system worked. The I would I would like to know if anyone's out there listening who worked for the label, who knows how it was put together. Mm. Open door policy here. You can come on and talk all about yeah. how. how you, expert episode yeah, you could do. You fucking just threw the CDs across the room, whichever <laughs> one went the first and made it. All right, so Scottish singer. His band in the 80s was Bronsky Beat. Heard of them? I had heard of them. They had a hit with Small Town Boy, which you would know. No, 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 Not that one. That's, that's uh, West End. And also uh, <laughs> Journey was the other one I thought of. Uh, the <laughs> chorus goes, run away, turn away, run away, turn away. It's a good song. Uh, and he also... Run away, run away. Okay, am, yeah. am I allowed to sing it? You can sing it. Oh, sure. Why aren't you singing it? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I can't sing. Uh, he also was in a duo called The Communards, 
and they had a big hit with a cover of Don't Leave Me This Way. Yes. You know that All one. right, yeah. I'm on board. Okay, so he's gay. That's yeah, he's very I, gay. Yeah, he's gay. I could tell from that song that he was gay. I didn't want to say it before, but now I can see the evidence. So that song, Sarah Jane Morris sang it, even though he was like, he's got an amazing falsetto voice. Uh, in 2015, uh, Don't Leave Me This Way was voted the 16th favourite 80s number one on ITV. Of all right. the number ones, that's the 16th favourite by the by the list or the viewers of ITV. Hang on, that was a lot of criteria again. What is it again? The favourite number one from the 80s. 80s number one. Check, yep. Check. Yep. Okay. There's some great songs. There's uh, yeah. big songs in the 80s. Uh, so maybe that's how he got on the album because they were like, this man is a hit machine, excuse the pun, and they let's whack him on. Well, he was the first truly out and proud gay pop star. Really? Yep. So they had like Freddie Mercury but it was always... Hmm. Never really, yeah. Boy George, surprisingly, never actually came out and said it until years later. Really? Yep. George Michael mm. didn't. Elton John in the 80s. He married a woman in yeah, Sydney. Yeah, famously. Even though he people knew. All. Yeah. <laughs> but they never came out. But uh, Jimmy Somerville was like, no, I'm, I'm a gay man, okay? Really? Yeah. Oh, good on you, Jimmy. Yeah. And no, good on him. Small town boy talks about uh, growing up gay in a small town and that's why it's like leave, get out of there, go, just yeah, yeah, yeah. turn around. Uh, his best friend was Mark Ashton who if you've seen the film Pride, it's about him. So he was uh-huh. the activist and co-founder of the Lesbian and Gay Supports the Minors. Uh, that film's a bit cringe though, isn't it? Have I haven't seen, seen it, it? no. So I think it's a great true story but the film's a bit cringe. Yeah, right? okay. It's English, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, that English style of film, I actually love most of them, like... Um, <laughs> Like Calendar Girls, you know what yes. I mean? Like that small town. Oh, we're all just quirky. But, but there's a new one about the town by a horse. Have you seen this one? It's no. got like Kate. It's, is it Kate Winslet? It's it's a big Kate Winslet plus horse. Yes, <laughs> yes. it's like big, the downscale version of We Bought a Zoo. <laughs> it's a panto horse. No, it's a big big name actor. I can't remember. It might be Kate Winslet. It might be someone else. But the town they're struggling, <laughs> and so they purchase a, a racehorse. Like a racehorse, right, right. And they, like, it's all about how they win. But then at the end they show how much money they win. They only, like, win, like, a thousand bucks each. It's not going to get them out of it. No, like, it's not going to do it's, it. It's a really weird, But apparently it's one of those English films. Oh, do you know, because I yeah, talk about English this. English Biscuit. I talk about this a lot, how English, like, um, quiz shows, the prize is always, like, you've won... Two thousand pounds. Well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, fuck off. Where the Americans are like you're going to win a million dollars for doing very very little. Yeah. All right. So uh, the communards. So uh, while they were having their big hits, um, Jimmy was uh, having addiction issues, and mm. he and Richard Coles, who was the other person in, in the band, having big issues. One of uh, Richard's issues was lying, and in 1987, when the band was in the midst of breaking up, Richard Coles told Jimmy Somerville that he was HIV positive, as in <gasps> Richard was. That was a lie. And it was a lie. What? And he revealed later that he made the whole thing up. And it was, he in said... 87 as well. And the, he said that revelation was what ripped their friendship apart, the like the fact he said, oh, yeah, I lied about it. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Absolutely. Richard, Richard Coles now works in radio in the UK. What's he doing? On air? On air. Doing something on radio. So you wouldn't believe a thing he said. No. Uh, so this song uh, was a, from his 1999 album Manage the Damage, which didn't chart and this song only charted at 66 Hang in the on, UK. this came out in 98. Yeah, th- so they released this single early. Oh, it was like a hype. Trying to get some hype. Yeah, right. Didn't yeah, do right. anything. Well, that's why we never heard it. Yeah. And then <laughs> in 99 they put it out. Then he went away for like six years just doing his own thing. And now I read an interview with him from a few years back. 
and he's like, I'm making lots of music. I don't put it out. I don't, I don't like the anxiety of doing it. I make it for myself and that's it, which is, I think, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes uh, I know Radiohead came out and said, oh, we're making songs for ourselves now. I'm like, well, don't mm. release them. You ever tried um, just not releasing your podcasts? <laughs> I've, I've had some I wish I didn't release. <laughs> All right, moving on. Oh, our favourite Alaskan singer. It is Jewel. Here we go. Her song, Foolish Games. God, it takes you right back, doesn't it? To where? Jewel, Alaska. <laughs> This is me feeling a lot of feelings at 11. There's a, oh, this reminds me of a song that every girl who studies piano in high school would go, I'll play this one. Smash this song. Yes. It does sound like a um, Adele piano, too. Yeah. comment on the weather. The chorus, Jewel, I can only play another 25 seconds legally. <laughs> What's the limit? 40%. This is me down on my knees. There we go. There we go. That's all we can play. Right. Still good. Sounds like a fun song to sing. I reckon there's lots mm. in it as a singer to mm. go, yeah, I can really play around with this. She really gives it a lot, Jewel. Have yeah. you ever seen that amazing video of, oh God, I can't remember who it is. It's Jewel singing one of her hits with a pop star. And the pop, oh, it's Jessica Simpson. It's Jewel. If you haven't seen it, you've got to look it up. It's Jewel and Jessica Simpson singing one of Jewel's big hits. And Jessica Simpson goes into it sort of impersonating Jewel oh. and looking like an absolute insane woman. It's great. I'll send it to you. <laughs> All right, so this is from Pieces of You. It was released as a single, but it also appears on the soundtrack to Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Have you watched Batman and Robin? Yeah, this I is watched the George Clooney one. Yeah, yeah, I watched Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Schwarzenegger. For that one, they drop a verse and the chorus is shorter as well. Oh. To release it as a single. They didn't put them on those dance beats under it. You know no. how they do that to her. <laughs> do that to people like her. So this, the, Batman and Robin's the one that they say killed the franchise until Christopher Nolan came in and reprised it. Right. But this is what a failure was like in 1998. Still made two hundred no made two hundred thirty eight million dollars in the box office. Mm. It cost one hundred sixty dollars to make and budget and market the film, so that's seventy eight million dollars profit, and that, and that was considered a, a dud. <laughs> <laughs> I um, make the same joke about Jewel every time she's brought up to this day, and to this day, no one's ever laughed at it. Do you want to hear it? What's the joke? So 
you might not remember back in 98 when she was like blowing up, she was huge. But immediately before that, she was very poor. Yes. And so her whole story was, I was just living in my car. That's what she used to say. I yeah. was just living in my car. And at the time, me and everyone else, oh my God, she was living in her car. Because now I look back and realize she was 18 and a half. Yeah. Like, it worked out very well for her, but at the time it was a hard luck story. And so now to this day, whenever it brings up Jewel, I go, God, I wonder if she's still living in that car. <laughs> just, people just give me a blank look. Because I would, we talked about this on the live show. Mm. Uh, Geraldine Quinn did uh, a Jewel song. Oh, and, great. Uh, I found out that Sean Penn directed one of her first music videos mm. and then uh, gave, oh, no, he gave Shania Twain money. He also directed Shania Twain's. Sean Penn in the 90s was just going around trying to find singer-songwriters, female singer-songwriters, and direct their, their film clips and try and that get their definitely had host. creepy intentions. So it? weird, Did isn't it? it? So weird. What about you mentioned Alaska before? Yes, she's from Alaska originally. I, I recently found out that so she had a roughest guts family, I think, and then they were estranged for a long time. Yeah. And then they've made a tentative truce just over the last 10 years. Anyway, her dad has become a reality star yes. from Alaskan TV show. And, and she was saying that it's quite bizarre because her, her children didn't know him, but now they sit down and watch him on television. She's like, well, there he is. There's your grandpa. And the pair of them do the um, soundtrack for the, the theme song for the show. Together? Yeah. Oh, they go. Yeah. So yodeling. Her and her dad, you mean? Yes. Oh, the yodeling. Yeah. That was another thing that was that she used to talk about. Um, so oh, for, more things for the film. So uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger played Mr Freeze. Refused to shave his head for it, so he wore a bald cap <laughs> and he had blue LED lights in his mouth and acrylic paint applied. But the LEDs, uh, they were wrapped in balloons because after one of the first takes, battery acid started leaking into his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and his wardrobe and makeup would take uh, six hours to apply each day. But in his contract, he had a thing that he could only work maximum 12 hours a day. So half of it was just sitting <laughs> in a makeup yeah, right. chair. Surely. He wouldn't be easy to hurry either. No, you fucking just shave your head, idiot. Uh, okay, so this was a uh, double A side with You Were Meant For Me. It was the second highest selling single in the US of 97. Wow. And the 20th longest running song to chart in America. It was in the chart for a total of 65 consecutive weeks. Wow. I'm pretty sure You Were Meant With Me, Meant For Me, is the one she did with Jessica Simpson. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're going to get a lot of Jewel as well coming up, I reckon. You're going to get we've the full had, evolution. We've had two songs already. And then you're going to get, remember the sexy video uh, that, that everyone backlashed on her. Okay. This song got to 12 here. Um, she, she was only 22. Uh, and, you know, that, that, that's a lot to go from, okay, the biggest song in America mm. at 22 after, as you said, living in your car. Yeah, famously living in a car. All right. Some guys who one of the members might be living in his car now. This is <laughs> The Cause. Now, they've been, on a, they've been on a few times so far, mm. yet to be rated a hit. Let's see if what? this one. Yet to be. This is the first single from their uh, follow-up album to the massive one. Forgiven, not forgotten. This is Only When I Sleep by The Cause from their album Talk on Corners. Skin, moving from within, 
So a bit of a change in direction. Slightly less Irish, isn't it? Very less Irish, a, a bit more poppy. Although that opening, the opening uh, music before the, the singing starts. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it does remind me of the Cranberries, but they were also Irish, weren't they? Yes, they were. Yeah. yeah. So this uh, was the first single from uh, Talk on Corners. Good see title. What, see what they've done there. They only got to 34 in Australia. What do you mean you see what you've done there? I don't see what they've done there. They're called The Cause. Uh, talk, talk on, on Causeners. Uh, only got to 10 in Ireland where they were huge. Oh, that would hurt. That would, that would hurt. That would really sting. Although Ireland, like I said, they've got The Cranberries, they've got U2, they've got Bewitched. They, they, do, they were drowning yeah. in options. The boy bands? Yeah, Boyzone, are they? Or Westlife? One of them. One of them. Both of them. Both of them? Both of them. Well, who was the guy who put one of them together? One, um, who's Louis. Louis, yeah, who turned yeah. down Harry Styles. Great. Loser. Okay, so lead vocalist Andrea Core said that making this album was a real struggle. It's that classic story. You've got your whole life to do your first album and then you've got a year to do your second mm-hmm. one. Uh, so their manager said, yes, massive second album syndrome here. And uh, th- when they presented it to the label, the label were like, no, no, we're not, we're not doing this. And they especially disliked What Can I Do and So Young and the band had to fight hard to put those on the album. They're like, really? no, we, we really believe in So Young songs. was a hit, wasn't it? I can't remember. It, well, I, I do it know it's so got its own Wikipedia yeah. entry. Yeah, so no, it was a hit. normally a hit. Yeah. And I assume if you've done the course before, you've done the Crazy Brother talk. Yes. So instead, can I tell you that um, I once, not that long ago, went to a lunch with a record company man and, like, picture who you'd, someone you'd cast to play a sleazy record company man in a comedy sketch. Yep. Looked just like him, got a few wines into him and then bragged to me that he'd shagged two of the cores. And what was one two the brother? Of the cause. No, I made the same joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, two of the cores. And then he was like, and then not like two weeks after I did one of the one of the ones that he had bedded was on the front cover of a magazine saying that she was the most beautiful woman in the world. And he was like, that was a pretty good feather in my cap. And honestly, Josh, my skin nearly peeled off onto the floor. And it'll shock you to learn that since then he's been horribly me too'd and now, there is, <laughs> now no longer has a job. There are so many times I hear stories about the record industry that I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I can get every song in the world off Spotify. And I feel bad for the artists. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Not for him. But also there's so many people in, in the music industry who are making money off people and I don't like it. Okay. So this was like 2019 and I was like, you've been dining out in this story for but yeah. that point 20 years. Gross. Nah, good on him. Uh, okay. So uh, the dispute, so the, the label... We're not going to put it out. They're like, this is not going to be a hit. And the uh, John Hughes signed, he's their manager, signed the contract saying whatever they don't make back, I will put forward the money. I'll pay back the money. I guarantee this song is, uh, this album is going to be a hit. Oh. Was it, it? It did make a profit. In Europe alone it sold over 6 million copies. It's the 12th highest selling album of all time in Ireland and the 28th highest selling all time album in the UK. Oh, wow. So made their money back so much. Oh, so it was a huge hit. Because, you know, the I album was when a huge I look hit. at the track listings, I didn't think they were, they were massive hits. Really. Yeah. 
But this song was not a hit and it's weird. Like you go, the first single, oh, hopefully that makes the charts. But it's a type of music where people go, I'll just buy the album. Yeah, well, yeah, they were so famous by that point that the album was going to be hit regardless, I suppose. Right? Yeah. So take that the course. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> All right, next song. We've talked about him before. Not very much, though. This is their second time on the show. This is a little band called Radiohead. And their song, No Surprises. Now, I should point out, I'm not the biggest Radiohead fan. I like them, Mm. but not like... Mm. Some people are absolutely obsessed with them, and if you say a single negative thing, they're very, very angry. Well, I've managed to just pretend to know who they were for 30 years, and my uppance has come. (laughs) Keep listening to it on your own time. <laughs> Good. So this was the final single from OK Computer. Do you own OK Computer? That was a Computer? big album. It was a big album. No, I think my dad did though. Always always ranks in the uh, any British best albums of all time. It's mm-hmm. always up there. Uh, how, do, how, how do you rate it? It's a great album. Like it's it, this song is really nice and it's got some... Very, very, very good songs. Not mm. my favourite of their albums, though. Gee, they should pop that quote on the cover. There you go. This song Joshua. is nice. This is a nice song. <laughs> uh, it was the first song written for the album. Hmm. Yep. And uh, Tom wrote it and showed it to the band. They were touring with R.E.M. World Tour and he played it to them backstage in Oslo and he just played on guitar and the band were like, hey, I reckon that would be nice with Glockenspiel on it and because their aim going into recording uh, OK Computer was to make a, a childlike sounding album similar in spirit to Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Right, there you go. It's not like Pet Sounds by okay. the Beach Boys at all. <laughs> I mean, the, U- the UK like. beaches are depressing and so mm. some of the songs, so I guess if it is, it's the UK Beach Boys. <laughs> the UK yeah. Beach Boys. <laughs> uh, this take is the first take the band recorded. They recorded more afterwards but the producer Nigel Godrich was like, you know what, the first take was the best one. Stick with that one. Yeah. So you say you're not the world's biggest Radiohead fan, but you do know and love music. So yes. what do you, can you explain to me why other people 
revere Radiohead so much? I think at the time uh, rock music was pretty laddie. It was like very much Oasis, Blur. Mm -hmm. Even though Blur were sensitive, they were still like park life, yeah, Mm -hmm, stuff mm -hmm. like that. And this, I think, was it's like music for adults. It felt a bit more highbrow at the time. And I think, uh, I don't know, Creep was such a big song and they made a conscious decision to go, let's not make any more Creeps. Mm -hmm. And the Benz as an album was one of those ones that was a slow burn where everyone was like, oh, I love these songs. They're really, really just nice songs. Mm. And then because OK Computer, came, it also came out around the same time, same year as Be Here Now, which was mm. Oasis's big flop. Mm. And this was the one that everyone was like, oh, this right. is actually a really good album. Even though it didn't fit with the Britpop mould, it was like the kind of like, oh, Music to make you feel smarter, really. Yeah, yeah. And that would have set up a bit of rivalry too, right, which people are uh, like. Yeah, a little bit. I, I think, I mean, they're all uh, bands from Oxford and right. so um, the Gallagher brothers are from Manchester. Yeah, yeah. Who are, they're not Oasis' famous rivals. Who was the famous? Blur. Blur. Yeah. yeah. And each other. They, yeah, and, and the brothers, <laughs> yes, and, and their dad. Uh, so uh, how Nigel got recorded it, though, he, was, he got the band to play it faster and then slowed it down so Tom could sing the vocals over that. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's cool. And it kind of, the film clip, I don't know if you've seen the film clip. It's really great. So it's just a close-up of Tom's face. He's inside an astronaut's helmet and the helmet, as he sings, fills up with water and uh, it keeps Uh filling all the way up. And uh, there's a documentary on them called Meeting People is Easy Mm -hmm. and uh, they show how they did it. It's obviously they speed up the song and he's kind of singing very fast Mm -hmm. and then they just slow it down. But it took him multiple takes because he was like, feeling like he was drowning. Yeah. Like, take, yeah, take, yeah. yeah, and then he had to start Very again. unpleasant feeling. Yeah, so he had to dry his hair, dry his face, clean it all out and then start again. Just so be fun. fucking just the worst going yeah. on. I've got a whole day of this. <laughs> and every time you didn't, you, you wouldn't do it, you'd get more more frustrated with yourself, just going, oh, I'm never going to get this done. And would the, were they playing the song on the radio in 98, do you remember? They were playing on Triple, Triple J. J. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Triple M and Fox were playing yeah. it, but, yeah, and definitely in the UK they would have been playing it. Mm. Uh, yeah. A song that was being played on Triple J was this next song. This is possibly the first act from the first band from Adelaide we've had Mm. on the show. I know Jimmy Barnes is from Adelaide, but not really. Uh, (laughs) This is The Super Jesus and their song, Saturation. Very Foo Fighters vibe to the music at the start, I reckon. It's just, look, I like rock music. It's just mm. such a boring song. It's I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Super Jesus fans. It's just, it's just 
They had a good song called Down Again. I like that when it came out. This one, I'm like, oh, it's just. I might really embarrass myself here, but is that Sarah McLeod? Sarah McLeod. It is Sarah yeah. McLeod. Oh, yeah. I'm into her. I like that one. She had a great solo song about a private school girl. Oh, I don't oh, know. I think it's oh, called. Oh, is it? Was that ringing bells? Uh, no. I'm embarrassed that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is, yeah, Sarah McLeod and The Other Dudes. This is from their debut album Sumo, which got to number two on the charts. Not bad. They had an EP before that which went very well and everyone was like, oh, these are, this is the new Aussie, big Aussie band. They were originally called Hell's Kitchen, uh, but their guitarist Chris Tennant was looking at the big day outline up in 96 and just making fun of all the bands that had Jesus in their name. So there was <laughs> Jesus and Mary Chain, Jesus Lizards and Jesus, Jesus Jones. And he said they should just form one big band and call it the Super Jesus. And the band were like, that's actually a good That's name. pretty good. Yeah, which is better than Hell's Kitchen. It is better, think, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're cr- touring like currently, I think. Yes, they're recently. back. Yeah, yeah, they're doing the Nostalgia Tour, which mm. is a big cash Who cow for it? all these 90 bands. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Chris and Sarah started dating. Uh, then they released the EP. They supported the band Bush. Remember Bush? Mm. Glycerine. They won the ARIA for Best New Talent in 97. Uh, Chris and Sarah broke up. He left the band. They toured New Zealand with another player. Hmm. They asked him to join the band full time. He said, no, nah, I'm going to go and join. I'll stay with my band Weta. So they went back to Chris and said, hey, come back to the band. He did. They released Sumo at one best rock album. Did they the fall back in love? He left the band again for oh, good sad. this time. Yeah. Uh, yes. Because uh, uh, Nick Cody once said this to me, he goes, you don't want to have two headshots in a relationship. Only one, only one of you can be in the creative. <laughs> oh arts. right, yeah, yeah. The absolutely. other one has to do something like accounting or something that's boring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he married an actor, but yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Two so, edge, shit. That's good. So, do you know Sarah McLeod? You don't know her personally. No. Great. I'm going to tell the story then. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never met her. Yeah. Okay. She seems lovely, mm. but my friend uh, was in a band, and uh, she she was getting her solo career back. She hadn't mm. done gigs for a while. She, I think she was winning to hosting, like TV hosting and stuff like that and radio. And Well, this is a sidebar I wasn't going to go down, but I'm pretty sure her sister, Leah McLeod, was a host on Channel 10. Oh, okay. Pretty sure she used to host like the Australian Idol spin-off show. Oh. Yeah. Do you remember that's how Rebel, Rebel Wilson started? Who got a big break by doing the Telstra ads <laughs> in Australian Idol? No, I don't remember that yeah. at all. Her and another girl were sitting on the couch and they'd comment on Australian Idol. In, ca- in like character? Yeah. In and that Rebel was character. Rebel Wilson's first kind of major Really? Major Maybe role. it was Leah McLeod on the couch. That'd be great. Could have been Leah in Bridesmaids. So Sarah McLeod uh, was doing a secret show. So she wasn't on the bill but it was just going to be like next up mm-hmm. and my friend's band were headlining it. And so they got there in the day to load in and sound check. And then her and her band turned up and she kind of did the big pose and went, all right, you guys might be the headline, headline ba- band, but tonight that stage belongs to me. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, cool, if you want, like get up there. And she, they said her posture kind of went from big and tough to, oh, you guys, oh, cool, all right, yeah, thanks. It just completely folded. It was actually <laughs> lovely after that. But went in. Dicks, and I'm like, I get it. Like if you're like a female artist in the 90s, especially in the rock scene, I guess you're going to have yeah, to go, was a bit I'm going to put my right? foot down, otherwise people aren't going to do anything for me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway, not having to go at Sarah McLeod. Would you, Would you? Be, if, 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 if someone offered you tickets to go and see their recent shows, would you go? No. I don't know why I struggled so much to say that. Sorry. No, no, I wouldn't. You didn't struggle at all. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> look, not not my favourite of all those 90s bands. Right, right. Okay, right. They, they were 
just always songs go too long. There's nothing in them. I couldn't even sing you back Saturation now. No, that's there's a great no point. hook in it. No. Although this next band, probably the album I listened to most in 1998. It is Regurgitator, and the first single from their album Unit. This is Everyday Formula. It's a very short song, so you'll only get a very short amount of time <laughs> on it. What's that? Every day I shit into the sea. Every day I shit into the sea. Yes. What a what a great opening line. Gee, you don't hear that on the aria charts these days, do you? <laughs> no. Billie Eilish isn't doing that. Lewis <laughs> Capaldi probably would in it. Yes, interview. he probably would. I, have you watched his documentary on Netflix? No, no. I it's, was suggesting I did today when I logged on there. It is really good. Is it? I really liked. It. I like him. I don't like his music, but I like him. Do do you, I worry? It's a bit. It's getting a bit. Oh, maybe it's just overexposure. You know what I mean? Oh, he yeah. Great, and then it, uh, look, it's it's. It's an interesting uh, experience because he's very, very funny but also has, has the demons mm. and this focuses a lot on the demons. Mm. And so for those who uh, haven't seen it yet, so it talks, he's got Tourette's and uh, my son also has Tourette's. And so it was interesting watching it and seeing the signs because he's got the same tics that my son has. Oh, really? And then it's this weird thing where his dad, like he goes and tours around the world and the ticks flare up because he's anxious and got so much stress and he comes back home because he still lives with his parents and he's ticking a lot. So he says, well, what's going on with the ticks? And he's like, you don't mean, you don't mean to say anything. Like, and he goes, what, I just ignore it? And he's like, well, you saying it makes it worse. And he says, oh, and the dad's like, what the fuck? And I was that dad, like, before we got uh, Ollie's diagnosis. I was like, are we going to mention this? And it's like, well, no, let's not. And I'm like, well, we've got to say something. And it's not the right thing to do. Yeah, it turns out you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, but I was like very much going, uh, I was feeling, I was empathising with the dad character or the dad. Oh, no, that it. does sound good. That sounds like yeah. it's quite, it's got layers, hasn't uh, it? Another great thing in it is he plays um, his songs to his parents and always has, like ever since he was like 12 and writes a new song, goes and plays it for him. And they're very harsh critics. Oh. And so he's written the first album, it's the number one in America. He's now got the pressure to follow it up. Mm. So the label have paired him with these songwriters as well. He writes this one song, they're like, you see him recording it and they're like, this is a Capaldi hit, this is great. He goes back home and plays it to his parents <laughs> and his dad just kind of looks at the camera and goes, shite. <laughs> <laughs> and his mum's oh, really? like, well, it's not one of your better ones, is it? <laughs> and he's like going, oh, ne- neither of them written a song in their life. And, and his mum's like, yeah, but we're the listening, we listen to it. People who buy it aren't going to listen, aren't going to write songs either. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And so, so he's does like, he yeah, listen yeah, to right. them or? Yeah, he does. He, he doesn't does. put it out. Like it, yeah, he goes That's back so and man, I'm a sucker off. for those docos. Even when I'm actively watching them and knowing that they're a PR exercise, yeah. but I'm still all in on them. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. Anyway, 
Regurgitating. It's not a Capaldi song. <laughs> it's not. So they were Triple J Darlings with uh, Two Plang and uh, songs like I Sucked a Lot of Cock to Get Where I Am and Kung Fu Sing. Mm-hmm. Big, big on the Triple J. So this J's. is right in your sweet spot, was it? In I loved this kind of shit. Uh, they went on tour in America uh, before recording this album with uh, bands Helmet and the Melvins. And while they were on tour, they got very scared because they're like, Helmet's audience were frightening. Just these <laughs> huge dudes just having like like moshing very aggressively. And they were like, we didn't want to have audiences like that. And he goes on, Quan said that he was very grateful that Grinspoon came along and took all their meathead fans <laughs> from them. He was like, they can have them. Because I reckon Ricochet always had like a playful element to their music, don't yeah. they? It's even in that song. I don't know how to describe it, the sort of, yeah, I, I can't describe it, but that, that sort of playful element yeah. that the were, other bands didn't. They were funny They and they were purposely funny. Also, I think that their influences were more than just we like we liked Nirvana when we were in high school and now yeah. we're going to play these songs. They were yeah. like... They were shitting in the sea. Yeah, they were, so. and they were happy. That, I think they were they enjoyed pop music. And it was interesting because they uh, started using uh, like electronic instruments and like drum machines and stuff like that. Hmm. And I remember I was really into it, but friends of mine who loved to play were like, oh, I don't like their new techno direction. And that's how myopic we were back then. It was like... If it's got any kind of computer sounds on it, oh, that's techno. Mm. It's like, I like, <laughs> yeah, right. I like guitars. I like distortion, and that's it. That's all I want to hear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this song got to forty-one on the Aria charts. Not great. Not great, but good for a song by a band who their last song was. I sucked a lot of cuts. Yeah, I sucked a lot yeah, of true, true, true. Yeah, uh, did get to number nineteen in the hottest one hundred and ninety-seven. What number? Number nineteen. Oh, sorry, we said hundred nineteen. <laughs> In the hottest one hundred, yes. Uh, <laughs> they do that another one the next day. They do. They, they, they didn't. Do. They didn't back then. Oh, it was just. <laughs> this was ninety seven. Was the year that No Aphrodisiac won as well. I think. Oh yeah, that's a different vibe. Yeah, different vibe. But uh, Unit, as an album, is very. I think because it crossed different genres, it would have. If it, they released it fifteen years later, would have been. Huge, I think, mm. because people listen to music differently now. They're not just stuck in there. I only like this kind of music. Yeah, yeah, not so siloed. Yeah, it almost sounds like it's on shuffle. Mm. Yeah, which and um, yeah. are they on the nostalgia circuit? I think they might be. Yeah, who I, were the members of Record? Ben show? Eli, Quan oh, yeah. Yeomans. Yeah, yeah, those names ring a bell. And the other one, and the, other one. <laughs> <laughs> the drummer. Uh, but Is there no woman. Uh, no, Janet English was uh, Quan's partner. They formed Happy Land, which uh, did Don't You Know Who I Am, the song that I used for my last podcast. Oh, really for cool. The, uh, yeah, but they're no longer together. Right. And so, um, two headshots. Yeah, two headshots. Can't do it. Yeah, well, Ben Eli was married to, um, or not even sure if they were married, but was with uh, Yumi Steins. Uh-huh. They split up. Uh-huh. Two headshots. See? Gee, they're two people right of that era, though. Yeah. Yumi would have been backstage there. Well, Channel V. Channel, Channel v, v, absolutely, yeah. yeah. All right. Moving on, just when you think the cheesy pop of the early 90s has passed us, Eternal come back with an absolute banger that would fit right in in any compilation from 91 as well. This mm. is I Want to Be the Only One featuring B.B. Winans. This is Eternal. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I can feel your hurting. Yeah, yeah, 
Thanks, BD. <laughs> All right, that's my lord, you too. First thoughts? Uh, you're absolutely right about being a throwback. When yeah. I listen to it, I thought it sounds much older than '98. Yeah, it sounds like the Hit Machine Ten era. Yes, uh, it's it's so Eternal uh, UK Act. This was the third most played song on British radio of '97, uh, and it was number one in the UK. Nominated for Single of the Year at the Brit Awards, didn't didn't win. Hmm. Lost to a little song called "Wannabe" by the Spice Girls. Ah, that'll they, do it. They had no, they had no chance, no, no chance at all. Uh, this single sold over a million copies. It was written by BB Winans, who put it on his own album as well. Is that the bloke? That's the bloke singing. That's the bloke singing. Yeah, yep. because the channel of girl group. Yep, and it was also written by a guy called Rhett Lawrence. Now I'd never heard of the name Rhett Lawrence, but I know his work. Okay, mm-hmm. he's produced, written, and or mentored songs. Of singers that have sold a combined 350 million copies. Sounds pretty good. He produced Mariah Carey's debut song Vision of Love, which went to number one. Heard of her. He also wrote Kelly Clarkson's debut single Post Idol, which was called Miss Independent. Oh, yeah. That was number one for six weeks. Hated that song, actually. Love Kelly, hated that song. He co-wrote the Black Eyed Peas song Request Line with Macy Gray. Do you remember that song? No. I was that, so terrified you were going to say, let's get it started. So. No, it's not the original version. <laughs> that was a weird time. Can you believe it? There's a, <laughs> there's, a there's a clip going around the socials at the moment that's like, what, what year do you reckon that song came out? Like two, 2006 or something? Yeah, yeah. It's like, is this the most 2006 clip of all time? It's like the MTV Music Awards. So I can't remember who's presenting. Oh, it's um, the guy, Rob Schneider. Oh. I'm pretty sure it's Rob Schneider and the Olsen twins who would be 18 in three days. Yep. So the, v, the VO guy makes a joke about Rob wanting to shag the Olsen twins. They come out, they have this terrible, terrible sexually inappropriate interaction and then they go, and now it's like Black Eyed Peas and they go straight into the original version of Let's Get It Started. <laughs> terrible. It was so funny because I was talking about this the other day how the Olsen twins, they had a countdown. There was a countdown yes. of they're turning 18, everyone. Absolutely. It's like, Disgusting. This is the grossest thing ever. We've known of them since they were three years old and yeah. then I was like, all right, and Bob Saget would make jokes about how he fucked the Olsen twins. Yeah, it's like it's revolting. And then um, I feel like they just clicked for them too because they're yeah. like they could like I know they're still super famous and I think they're billionaires, but they they could be doing whatever they want and what they're doing is being hidden. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, Here's the thing: so with all this revisionist history, and that was really wrong. The one I can't get on board with though is and I, listeners point me to clips that I need to watch though. Paris Hilton now coming out and saying how she was manipulated and all this kind of stuff. I'm like. Mm-hmm. Your whole show, because she's come out and said how people said mean things and like Letterman went before she went to jail, had her on and mm-hmm. all he wanted to talk about was that and then there was a roast where people were making jokes about her. Yeah. But her show was just her going around making fun of poor people. Yeah, in a fake voice. Is she, I, I'm not familiar with what she's been saying, but is it in the same vein that we've looked at back at like Pam Anderson and stuff yes. like that? Yeah, right. But the Pam Anderson one was... She's a real victim of something. It was yeah. a crime took place. Paris Hilton, like either you, you, impl- you can't, look, I like Letterman, mm. but you can't blame Letterman for doing what he was always going to do. You is need to blame se- your publicist for going, yeah, this is a good idea. You're about to go to prison, but go on this TV show first. Is it, it's not. So the connection is in the sex tape, Pam Anderson. No, right? no, no. Because no, that was also she's come out and said she'd want to release that. And that's fine. I, I understand mm, that. Mm. You're like young and you make mistakes. Mm. But 
I find it weird that she's now blaming other people who are just like, but you, you built this character and we didn't know it was a character. I know. And then she, she recently came out about it being a character. Yeah. But then it's sort of gone, then you see her now and I think, well, what are you doing? What's the truth? Pat? Yeah. She's become a real enigma, hasn't it's, she? It's, it's, it's weird. Um, all right. So uh, he also, this guy, uh, Rhett, uh, Rhett Lawrence, he co-wrote and produced Mel C and Lisa Left Eye's song, Never Be the Same Again. <sighs> so pretty good. He's got That's some runs song. on the board. Yeah. All right. Moving on. We talked about them on the live show. Three Brothers. This is the Hansons. The Hansons. And their song, I Will Come to You. The third single, not the follow-up to Mbop. No, it would be the follow-up to Where's the Love. That opening line sounds like a parody of them, doesn't it? Set list. They start with Umbop, end with this. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just a big Hanson fan, and I still can listen to Hanson, but the ballads are a struggle. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was a hit. It got to number nine in the US, five in the UK, and it went to number two here. This was their imperial era, though. Yeah. Like every, every, literally everything would have been a hit. I think uh, the song that kept it off the number one charts here, mm-hmm. "Candle in the Wind" by Elton John. Oh. God, that's a tale of many a song, I suppose, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, the only country where it went number one, because uh, they did not care about Princess Di, was Sweden. Really? This was number one for four weeks. Didn't care. Didn't care. Well, they got uh, grown. Yeah. Elton John, it, the song did go to number one in Sweden, but only for a week. Right. We'll, one week. <laughs> we'll, we'll, buy, we'll pay for the charity and then that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this was number one for four weeks and then it got knocked off the charts in Sweden by the power of Imbrugli Woogly. Torn. Really? Five weeks. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Pretty good. They're still working. Hanson is still they, working. They are. Yeah, new music all the time. Well, it's. I looked how what they're doing now. Um, one of them is, we talked about on the live show, hmm. going down a bit of a right-wing path. Uh, but this, they've got a lot of kids. No, like a lot of kids. A lot of kids. So Isaac has three kids, Zach has five kids, and Taylor has seven kids. Yeah. Too many. <laughs> no wonder on the road. Absolutely. They're working. Uh, Zach also hosts a YouTube channel called Zaxidental Gamer and he plays Minecraft Dungeons on it with his kids. Oh, that's the, that's, is that the, that's that's the one YouTube. that went a bit. Uh, yeah. Too yeah. much YouTube, I think. Yeah, that one. too much. Uh, so this song, written by the brothers, but also uh, a songwriting team, a married couple actually, also co-wrote it, Barry Mann and Cynthia Well. They, they co-wrote it with them. They co-wrote it with oh, them. I didn't know they would have had a co-writer. Yeah, I think, I don't know why they did because they wrote two albums on their own hmm. and then this was their first one. So I think maybe the label just went, we don't trust these kids. Yeah, yeah. Let's give them some adults in the room. You know we have a mutual 
acquaintance who's an all-time handsome fan. Yes. Do you remember Alex Fennell? Yes. And I remember I've learned through her that she goes to all the shows still yes. the, and there's like this community of people who've been going to all the shows for 30 years and so they know each other. Yeah. It's like a whole subculture. Well, one of the members of the band married someone from their concert. Oh, really? Who saw, he saw her in the fifth row. So he's really fucking looking. Yeah. Like he's really going through. <laughs> he's going, all right, yeah. They're very religious. He was probably 19 without a wife and yeah. panicking. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, Cynthia and Barry, these are some of the other songs I've written. You've Lost That Loving Feeling by the Righteous Brothers. Mm-hmm. Huge song. We've Got to Get Out of This Place by The Animals. Make Your Own Kind of Music by Mama Cass. All these titles have yeah. very long titles. That must be the thing. Yeah. Don't Know Much by Aaron Neville and Linda Ronsett. And... Who put the bump in the bump to womp Hey, those songs are all a lot older than Hanson. They are, they yeah. Been, this was in their twilight era. It must have been grandparents in the room going, Do you reckon yeah. they're still with us? I don't reckon they would be. No. But what a beautiful legacy this is. I don't is. think if you wrote Who Put the Bomb in the Bomb Shawbop, <laughs> you're still alive in 2023. <laughs> so do you think Taylor was singing it and they were like, oh, just give it a bit more? Maybe. Because I, I do Very like. Valley Girl. I do like the kind of. I know his voice was breaking at the time because mm. we said this on the live show. He only ever sung Mbop in that register on the album one while they uh, Then it was impossible after Then he that. couldn't hit it again. So maybe his voice was cracking a bit mm. but they went with it because I, I quite like that uh, Tennessee in his voice to be a bit broken. Yeah, yeah. I've got a sort of grudging respect for them, you know. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think they did anything wrong. I was when the, when the last time they came to Australia, I was quite shocked that they were still working. But then I was like, well, they were putting out albums at however well they were eleven. Yeah. Like they were obviously true musicians, born true musicians, despite yeah. them being a bit of a joke at the time for adults. Yeah, it's well, I remember Dylan Lewis from Recovery got them on the show and interviewed them in a spa because he wanted to be able to say, "I pissed on Hanson." <laughs> <laughs> so he pissed in the spa. <laughs> And, like, Dylan Lewis is a really nice person. I was it's it's say, so weird that he was like, I'm going to fucking hate Hanson. Hanson, to me, were, they were fine. They just wrote pop songs. You, Dylan Lewis, better watch out. He's going to be a disturbing scene in the revisionist Hanson documentary <laughs> that's going to hit Netflix in the next two to three years. Yeah. What would you do at work today? I pissed on a child in a spa bath. <laughs> All right, our last song. Our last song for this compilation. First time they've been on the on the. Uh, any of the compilations. Huge song. I love this song. This is The Drugs Don't Work and the band is called The Verve. Here we go. Talk of getting old It's getting me down, my love Like a cat in a bag Waiting to drown This time I'm coming down And I hope you're thinking of me I've only just heard it then, but the chords are reminiscent of Better Be Home Soon by... Oh, it is like Better Be Home Soon. That's a great spotter. Now the trucks don't work, they just 
And it goes on and builds very nicely. There you go. So it's uh, a beautiful song. It is but a nice don't song. Don't work. So it's from their album Urban Hymns. It was the follow-up single to Bittersweet Symphony. Mm. Uh, this one they get to keep all the money because uh, they didn't get to keep it for the other one because of uh, I don't know what you're talking about. What happened? Oh, they they, yeah, they used a sample of Andrew Luke doing um, the the last time by the Rolling Stones. Andrew right. Luke Oldman did it like a version of, and then they used that bit. In their song, and it was like, you listen back to it and go, "Oh yeah, you did mm, use it you a can lot." Tell. Uh, and uh, so the manager, so it wasn't even uh, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards who got the money; it was the manager who got the money. Oh. And only in the last couple of years that's rescinded. So now Richard Ashcroft, the singer of the song, the writer, gets the money now. Mm-hmm. But I think he said they stole five million dollars off me. Wow! So, yeah, really? Yeah. Uh, this uh, was released the day after Princess Diana died. Really? And became, like, they, they was just planned, it wasn't planned that way, it was, it was coming out. <laughs> they they planned like, it that way. They were like, quick, it's get suspicious. it out, get a sad song out. But people loved it because the, the country was sad. Yeah, perfect timing. And they wanted a sad song about how shit life was and so people yeah. really latched onto it. It's a really sad song. Yeah, so he wrote the song in 95. Uh, he mentioned in an interview at the time saying, yeah, I've written this song about my drug use, it's a new track, it just it says the drugs don't work, they make it worse and I, I know I'll see your face again. And he's like, that's how I feel at the moment. They just make me worse, but I'm still going to take them out of boredom. And, oh, uh, my God, yeah. that's grim. Yeah, and so they performed the song when they were uh, touring their album before that called A Northern, A Northern Soul, so he would come out and just play it solo. Uh, they eventually recorded it for Urban Hymns and their producer, Chris Potter, said it's the best song and the best vocal he has ever, ever recorded. Great. So did you mean this is, is it on the same album as Bittersweet Symphony? Yeah, so it's on Urban Hymns. They just wrote it like three years before or two years before they released it. I'm right, just right. going, yeah. Uh, so a bit of history of the band. So originally they were called Verve and they added the because a jazz label was called Verve Records and they tried to sue them. And so they Oh, that's on. interesting because you know in your friendship groups when someone mispronounces something and you tease them about it for the rest of your life? Yep. In about 1999, a friend of mine called them Verve and I still think about that. I've thought about it today when you mentioned them. So there you go. <laughs> she was right all along. She was right for a bit and then she was wrong. Uh, they built a fan base with uh, some great live albums and Northern Soul saw some success, not heaps, but uh, they got a lot more uh, eyes on them because on What's the Story in Morning Glory by Oasis... Uh, Noel Gallagher dedicated the song Cast No Shadow to Richard Ashcroft. Hmm. So everyone's like, oh, who's this? For those who didn't know, who's Richard Ashcroft? So they looked it up and found found him. Uh, by 97. Why, the, sorry, why did he dedicate it to him? He loves him. They, they toured together. Like Oasis actually supported the Verve or Verve early yeah. on in their career and then returned the favour. Oh, and really? Yeah, he was like, Noel's like, he's one of the few rock stars in the world. He's like cool. fucking, yeah, great. Uh, the band hated each other. By 97, oh, they, they broke up in 96 due to dr- drug addiction. Richard Ashcroft almost released Urban Hymns as a solo album, but in the last moments he was like, oh, fuck, nah, let's get the band in and they can help out because he's like, I've just been listening to it too much. Mm. I don't know if it's good or not. So he went, oh, let's get some fresh ears and they kind of changed a few things, but mostly it's a solo album. Um, then it, it blew up. It went massive. Knocked uh, Be Here Now off the top spot of the album charts. Uh, Bittersweet Symphony got nominated for a Grammy for Best mm-hmm. uh, Rock Song. Uh, they went on a massive tour. Uh, they played like V Festival and like um, Reading and stuff like that. People are going, oh, this band's no good. 
like Richard Ashcroft fell into drugs. Other members fell into drugs as well. Mm. And uh, they split up in 99. Like, so they had one year of going, we could be the biggest band in the world and now we fucking hate each other so we're not going to do it anymore. You know, I've been hearing Bittersweet Symphony, like new versions of it on radio. As in like a remix? Yeah. So maybe they'd be getting all the money for those ones at least. Hopefully. Unless they're just using the sample from the original. Yeah, true. And did he go on to do solo stuff? He's done solo stuff. Some of it's been all right. He released a solo album, two solo records back, which was panned. He tried to do like uh, some uh, (laughs) hip-hop elements in it. And people were like, nah, (laughs) no, we're not going for this. Uh, But, yeah, he kind of apparently the last interview I read with him, he's like he's got a small child and he's like, I just do the school runs. Go home, write music okay. if I want to, and that's it. Yeah, Just, yeah. but people are like he still it's not a bad life. He still looks like Richard Ashcroft. He still wears like the the parkers and the shades everywhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good life now. Not bad, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Collect those checks. All right, that is the end. That is ten songs. Ten songs. Now we, what we do is we go through them and we see how many are actual hits. Mm-hmm. So let's start now, off. Is it just my own personal? Your metric? own personal metric. All right, okay. Let's do rapid fire. Yeah. Okay. LL Cool J phenomenon hit. Dark Sky Jimmy Somerville. Not a hit. Foolish Games Jewel. Hit. Only When I Sleep the Cause. Hit. They've got there. Okay. No surprises. Radiohead. <laughs> hit. Saturation. Super Jesus. Not a hit. Everyday Formula Regurgitator. Not a hit. I Want to Be the Only One. Eternal. Oh, not a hit. I Will Come to You, Hanson. Hit. The Drugs Don't Work. Hit. Six out of ten. That's bad. good. Sixty percent. That's is pretty it? much. That's pretty much where it always is. I felt that's, bad that I said not a hit to your regurgitator. That's all right. It's not. It's not my list. Oh, not my list. <laughs> I, I think we would have had the same. I wouldn't have had uh, only when I sleep as a hit. So yeah, I think we would have had. They can't neg the cause. If you haven't had a hit yet, they've got to give them a go now. Who's people have said not a hit to their big hits? Yeah. Gee. Yeah, people really don't, don't like them. That's so Jess McGuire cool. cannot stand them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> You're right up her alley. It's <laughs> all right though. Hey, Hunter, thanks for doing this. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. You got anything to plug? No, just my Instagram. Yeah, which is Hunter Smith. At Mr. Hunter Smith, yeah. There and you that's go. where I vlog all my shit. <laughs> <laughs> Check out Hunter. Hey, thanks everyone who's been coming to the live shows at the Comedy Festival. Uh, I've got, at the time of this, I've got three more podcasts. So I've got two Don't You Know Hams on Saturdays at three and then one next Tuesday, 11.30. That's a good lineup, that one. It's Mark Watson, Ed Gamble, Deanne Smith, and Sarah Schaefer from the States. Yeah, it's and a good lineup. Yeah, it's really great. And then also, if you've got kids aged between like five and 10, I'm doing my kids' show, Humankind, Q Courthouse. On the weekends, 11.30. Make sure you get along to that. The kids are really liking it. It's very late for kids. I am. It's I am, people. Uh, great. Anyway, thanks, everyone. See you next time. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.